You're listening to DraftKings Network. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome into another edition of Mystery Crate. I'm Chris. I'm here with Chris, Billy, Jess, and Roy. As today, we have Olympics fever here on Mystery Crate. I imagine we've all been watching the Olympics in some capacity. And we kind of wanted to do deep dives on either lesser known sports or things that perhaps you didn't know about various sports at the Olympics. I guess we'll just start with general Olympics chat. Roy, uh, how much how much Olympics have you enjoyed? I've tried to watch every night, but for the sports that I'm going to talk about today, I don't think uh, very many people know about these sports. So, uh, but it's going to be short. So, do you guys do the thing where you get the results early in the morning of stuff that happens, and then you watch in prime time with your spouse, and your spouse doesn't have the results, and then you act <laughs> super informed? And it's like I bet I bet she's going to do well here. And then you just look really cool. I do that all the time. No, my wife hates that. So, my, so hmm. my view is is I don't mind not knowing about what happened in the events. Like there are a lot of people who get annoyed at NBC for tape delaying yeah. everything into their prime time thing. It's like I'm not really that precious about knowing what the results yeah. are. Like if I if I know something, I'll watch it again. And if I don't know something, I don't care that it happened 12 hours ago. Like I don't need to be across <laughs> all of the events as they happen. Yeah, timeline police are the worst. I did that with the opening ceremonies. I watched the opening ceremonies when they were live at like 11 a.m. And then I saw that it was rebroadcast at night. And I was like, eh, I kind of know, know how this goes. They light the torch at the end. We're good. The opening ceremonies, the opening ceremonies, boring, right? I like it. It's like going on Wikipedia and just scrolling through all the countries. You learn a lot. You get to see all the cool outfits, too. What did Fashion. you learn from the opening ceremonies this year, if you don't mind me asking? Um, my retention's not great, but at the yeah. time, oh, I definitely so learned much. stuff. <laughs> it's, we it's, it's weird watching like that and, and the games without fans, right? So weird. It's very, it, and NBC said they're not pumping in crowd noise, but some of the events, there are sounds, and I guess it's like the teammates that are allowed yeah. to be there. Like during it's swimming, the there's a cowbell well. and yeah. other everything. Yeah. yeah, so there is some noise. It's not completely silent, but it is It is a little sad because I, I was watching beach volleyball the other day, and they're just playing in an entirely empty stadium, just empty seats all behind them, and there's no one there. The one thing I marvel at watching gymnastics last night, when they do the floor routines, the way that they're able to get their back of their heel against like perfectly at the corner you know when they do that because they always end up in a corner and they yes. just have the footwork down so pat where they never because it's a it's a deduction if they like if their heel touches the out of bounds it's just so impressive that part of it it's the ray allen shot but in gymnastics right right it's just like it's backing backpedaling to a, a precise point that you know where it is even yes. if you're not looking at it yes. impressive how do we feel about the signage uh still saying tokyo 2020 and this still being considered the 2020 yeah. games i like it <laughs> really? It's just a nice wow. round number. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Yeah. They have a good logo too. 
can't let that go to waste. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I think I, that's what it because Euro 2020, the European soccer tournament was also Euro 2020 and everything said Euro 2020. I just think it's like we created all these logos. We created all these wraps. We created all the uh, all the signage and we're just going to put a one over it. Like, I don't I, I just think you keep it as such. And I think if anything, it's a marker of the historic nature of the event, which is it's the only thing that caused the Olympics to be delayed. And so 2020 and that's just kind of like our memorial of that. I think you can do a lot with two zeros. It's mm-hmm. harder to do some stuff with a zero and a one, yeah. design-wise. Two zeros, symmetry. It looks nice. On the subject Ooh. of fans, by the way, I actually think that the last 16 months, so in, in various countries, including in England, there are like uh, fan unions almost that like have a legitimate voice at the table. I feel like the last 16 months have kind of been the year of, or like the year plus of the fan because I think we see a lot of sporting events go down in ratings, go down in interest when there are no fans. And then like the NBA, for instance, in the finals, their numbers went up after fans returned. You know, like the bubble in theory was great basketball, but nobody cared because there was no atmosphere. And I've seen that the Olympics are almost, there's like half the interest that there was in the Rio Olympics on television. And I think that's largely fan driven. I feel like fans, have always been kind of, you know, placate and it's all, you know, it's all about the fans, the fans. Is, but, like, there should be a legitimate kind of, you know, we matter here. And, you know, when we go to sporting events and when they're filled with arenas and stadiums, they are more compelling than when they aren't. I don't know if I agree with that take, Woody. Hmm. Why? Fans are unimportant just, in your view? Yeah, because I don't go to that many sporting events, so I don't really, like, consider myself part of, like, the people watching, I, other than college football, you know? Like... So to me, but you just noted you just noted that the beach volleyball feels useless without fans there. I didn't say it feels useless. I or just, just said it, it feels weird. I, no, well, I just, it's different I mean, in a worse but way. But I still, I'm still gonna watch it. Like to me, I'll still watch it. I understand if other people think that it's, um, I don't know, dampened a little bit because there's no fans. I, I get that other perspective, but personally, I will still watch it. I don't care if there's fans or not. You two so, fight so, entirely too much. Like, come on. Let's get together and be nice to each other over here, Chris and Jessica. Come on. <laughs> I, I appreciate trying to broker a piece. I think we're just trying to have a sports debate. So then what else would you attribute the, the decline in interest in the Olympics? I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot going on in the world right now. Can't keep track of it myself. <laughs> I feel like someone will write a dissertation on this in 10 years and I'll read it and agree whatever, with whatever their conclusion is. Okay, right. so our plan for today's mystery crate was to present sports that we we either are interested in or wonder what the origins of how did they arrive at the olympics origins uh, uh, well i mean not origin i mean like <laughs> look there's some like you know if we did break dancing <laughs> the origins of break dancing is the limping event although i actually i've actually traced back to the origins of swimming like back to like bc era so that that just a little just a little uh teaser for mine so we just basically have to be the Mike Tirico of this sport for like a 10 minute period, right? Yeah, but also ten I just kind of- 10 minutes. T- t- like 10 minutes, 10 minutes is ambitious. 10 just minutes is ambitious. Just my we're, ass talking about 10 minutes. <laughs> we're trying to paint the picture for the people of what's going on in the Olympics with these said sports. Okay, hmm. so in the interest of no one would want to go first, but someone has to. So- I'll go uh, first. Spin the wheel. Oh, okay, Chris, I can- I can get the wheel going, or Chris right, can just go first. Wheel. You know what? Let's spin the wheel. See where okay, it lands. Okay, I, I have to get the wheel ready, though. I, I you know, it, it, I, uh-huh. I wasn't prepared for a wheel. Yeah. Who knows if, like, Kate, if Kate yeah. Vega might start talking in the middle of the wheel? Yeah. You know, it'll be, uh, it'll be a John whole thing. Skipper might pop in. <laughs> 
Roy. Oh man, I thought I was going first. You can go fuck yourself. Huh? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, no, I'm just kidding. So, uh, first sport I'm going to talk about is uh, skeet shooting. Uh, Vincent Hancock of uh, Edenton, Georgia. He finished 19th in the Rio games, right? He was so disappointed with his finish. So he had a little vindication. He won gold in his event uh, a couple of days ago. And he has now his third gold medal in skeet shooting. That is most all time. And uh, it's pretty good. So he went from gold to gold to 19th to gold again? What, the hell, exactly happened? what, happened. what the hell happened yeah. in Rio? I have no idea what happened in Rio. But it's a good vindication story. But, you know, it's the United States, and we're talking about shooting here, so obviously we have to be favored. <laughs> this is know, the thing like, where it's like, pull! Skeet, goddamn. Is this like, pull! <laughs> yes, that's exactly, well, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, skeet, skeet, goddamn, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about skeet shooting a bit. Okay. As, as it mean, like, why is that an Olympic sport? And, like, I, I understand, like, biathlon is, like, a thing where you combine it with something else, but it's still just pull and shoot. How, how does one win at skeet shooting? I'm kind of, I've never actually watched it before, so I don't know. Yeah, so ski shooting, you obviously know what, what no, you know what ski shooting is, obviously. Yeah. The, the little stone disc comes out and you gotta shoot it. And you get mm -hmm. like two I think shots. It's clay. Oh, clay, yeah. Well, clay and stone, yeah, kind of, yeah. It's clay, it's clay uh, disc. Like, you I'm, shoot like, it. Like, do eat, does each competitor get 10 chances? And like, if you get 10 out of 10, you move on. Like, the top eight move on. Yep, that's exactly what it is. Wow, Chris, you should have been our expert. I just on nailed it. I just guessed. Wait, is this like the Nintendo 64 game where you like duck hunt? Yeah. Yeah, but without the ducks. It actually does have skeet shooting on uh, on duck hunt. Yes. I think there was. Yeah, I think there was a. Oh, yeah, I, I really, love that game. Have yeah, you guys I ever? Like that game. I guess I'm assuming no one here has ever skeet shot. No. No. Oh no. But I have. Well, you have. I have. Did you? Yeah. Did you do? Uh, oh. I did it as a Boy Scout. I don't, I don't, I think maybe I hit one clay disc once. I wasn't great at it, obviously. Uh, mm -hmm. And I, I'm assuming that we, as a Boy Scout, we weren't shooting actual bullets, but I don't remember because I, I, I was like, I'm going to go ahead and say that that's probably yeah, you rub it, you yeah, know, rub it, yeah. Chris Cody, you, you might be interested in this. They used to have skeet shooting on cruise ships. So like you could go and they'd shoot the skeets <laughs> off the back of the boat and you'd go and you'd try to shoot them out of the sky. Yeah, like they, those were reserved for like days at sea. You could go skeet shooting, and then uh, I don't know if it was the idea of just having all of these these guns on the ship, or if it was the discs going into the ocean, polluting the ocean, oh, the yeah. alcohol. For the some alcohol. reason, they stopped skeet shooting on cruise ships, but it used to be a thing that you could do. Bring it back, Jack. Okay. <laughs> Probably not a great idea. Okay, just turning into my dad. That's just Serious, what's happening. I was just say that. Now, would there be in, any interest in us going skeet shooting in a post Olympics trip? I'll go skeet shooting with you guys if you want. Sure. I would try it. I'm good. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> Do you even know where in South Florida one could go skeet shooting? I had a joke to make there. It's got to be like the hammocks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Roy, equestrian, go on. All right, so this was the uh, dress, uh, dressage uh, portion of the equestrian event. What um, is that? Basically horse dancing. Mm. Ooh, horse dancing. Oh, is Wait, this where the ponies yes! do the thing? It's I so saw cute. that. They're that like, is, that is yep. amazing. Yep. Yep. Oh my God, it's the best. Okay, I love dressage. Tell us more, Roy. So the United States earned their, uh, earned a silver. It was the best finish in 73 years. Now, 
Why is this an Olympic sport? How That's do they get the horses to do that? That's the real question. This is exactly. amazing. It's like they're not even doing it. It's like the it's like they're just go and the horse knows the whole routine. It doesn't seem like they're actually doing much. They just get up there and the horse does its thing. Roy, mm-hmm. I have a question for you. Does mm-hmm. the human or the horse get the medal in this? Like, do they get horse medals or does only the human get rewarded for the yeah, human gets uh, the medal. The horse does not get the medal, but I'm That's sure the bullshit. horse gets That's some sort bullshit. of treat. I would say horse shit, but yeah, either way, same yeah. thing. Yeah, horse shit. <laughs> oh, I really would like to talk to Ron McGill about this and see how he feels. I'm going to call him? A question. Oh, here we go. Second straight episode. We're calling Ron McGill. Here we go. What are we going to ask him? What am I asking him? How do you he... feel about the equestrian event, both dressage and okay. uh, the jumping? Okay, let's do this. What's the jumping called, Roy? Equestrian. I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, if one is dressage, you figure one would have a different name. Yeah, yeah right. I would think so. Right. Yeah. You're you're our expert. You chose this. I chose dressage. I didn't. I chose mm. one half hmm. of the equestrian uh, equation there. Let me up. Maybe it's like pantsage. Pantsage. How the hell are you, brother? Hey, Ron McGill. <laughs> I'm back again with another animal question. All right, we're talking Olympics. What are your thoughts on the equestrian event where the horses seem to dance? It's kind of in their bloodline. Uh, it's almost like an instinctive thing that they dance that way. I don't look at it as cruelty to the horses. They seem to, you know, whether it be the Pasifinos or whether it be the, um, oh gosh, I forget the horses they call them from Spain, uh, the Lipizzaners. Um, you know, that's just a, an athletic feat in that particular animal. It's not something that they're, you know, forced to do. It's not something they're beaten into doing or anything like that. It's just part of their their, their and, and who should get the medal in this event? The horse? The horse should get the medal. Yeah. Yeah. That's what that's Absolutely. what we're saying. Yeah. That's what I'm we saying. Agree. Absolutely, the horse should get the medal. Please, yeah. mm-hmm. come on. That's give me a break. It's, it's horse shit. Am I right? Yeah. It's horse shit. That is horse. Shit. That's exactly well put. It's horse shit. That they don't put the medal around the freaking horse. Nice. What about the jumping portion of the, the competition? Up there and just with his knees and his and his uh, heels, he's t- telling the horse what to do. But the horse is doing it. Mm-hmm. You know. We're all right now in our Zoom screen doing the little dance that the horses do, where it like looks like they're like. It's really cool. Can you do, do the, the dance, dance, Ron? Yeah, Ron, do the dance. We can't see, but do the dance. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. What about the jumping portion? Not as athletic as the horses, but the horses should get the medal. I'm glad you brought that up, Cody. That's what I love about you, buddy. Always think about the animals. Mm -hmm. You're so smart, Chris. Thank you, Ron. I love you. Thank you, brother. Take care. Love you more. Bye. I felt like we ended Aww. good there, Roy. I didn't want to ask him about the jumping. Competitive love in there. Love you. Love you more. Yeah. Now you hang up. Yeah, Ronnie. That's what I call him. Roy. Well done. And that is the equestrian dressage and skeet shooting. Now we spin the wheel and go again. Roy, where did it land? Land on Chris. Talk, boy. Hey, Hey. which Chris? Oh, yeah, Cody. Okay. All right. (laughs) I'm going to do water polo today because I watched a couple games of water polo the other day and I just found it so delightful. I found it. It's something I wish that like me and my friends could do. Like I wish like instead like instead of going to the basketball court, you know, you just like meet some friends at the pool and play some water polo for some exercise. And it seems like we have a little bit of a soccer situation with water polo where the women, the US women are dominant. They won in 2012, they won in 2016, they are the favorites to win this year. The men are like middle of the road team. Um, I watched them play against South Africa and they dominated. So I was thinking that they're really good, but South Africa is terrible. So mm. the U.S. men, not as good as the U.S. women. The women did actually just lose to Hungary uh, for the first time in a long time. But I'm excited. I'm excited about water polo. I kind of just like 
that's all the info I had right there. I just kind of gave it all to you. So now you guys ask follow-ups about water polo. So, so how the, deep is the pool, first of all? Because they can't touch the bottom, right? Like they have to basically doggy paddle. And then I think there's a rule about how long you're able to hold the ball, but I'm not sure about that either. Because that's one of the things when I was looking into water polo a few years ago that seemed very difficult. So. I also read that the game is distinctly different above the surface of the water and below the surface of the water. Underneath... Yes the surface of the water, apparently they beat the shit out of each other. But yes, above the pool, it just that. looks like they're kind of playing normally. I was going, where is the contact? Where is the defending in this sport? And apparently it happens underneath the surface of the water. And unless NBC shows it to you, you can't really see it. Apparently the pool is two meters, so just over six, six and a half feet. Um, that seems that seems shallow. I thought it would have been deeper because these people, like the men I was watching, they seem large and they they don't seem to be close to the bottom of the floor. So that's actually that can't be right. Well, that can't but be no, right. no, if your if your head is above the water, then that is your head's like what yeah. six or eight inches right. tall. So you'd be you have to be like over seven feet tall to be able to stand and see above the water. But, but when they show it, there's like a fairly sizable distance between the feet and the bottom of the pool. Right, it, it doesn't. I understand, but like, you know, it's, this, it's this like, like a it, foot right here. It seems like an Olympic sized swimming pool. You what, know? In, what was interesting to me is that when there's it's it's like a dirty sport, like it's physical. I know you were saying that when it's like it's almost like hockey and the game continues on when there's a penalty. So they'll call a penalty on somebody and somebody has to swim off and it's now six on five. But the game doesn't stop. They just keep playing. So it's kind wow. of interesting on that. I, I feel like I feel like it would be fun to play. I, I say that knowing that 10 minutes in, I would be dead. Right. Just, that, that, looks, that's the part that seems not fun. Is that it, it looks seems like a fun exhausting. Sport. It seems yeah. very fun. How many players per side, Cody? Seven. Mm, I believe. Interesting. I'm a little Plus I'm a goalie? So like yeah, six I think and a goalie? Six, yes. Because then, yeah, because when there's a penalty, it goes down to six and five, but it's with a goalie. So seven, yeah. And do yeah. they play sets or do they play one match? And how many points do you have to score it's, to win? It's one game and it's timed. There's no set point total. It's four quarters and oh, it's, so it's just like one lacrosse. game. Yeah, it's just you play, you know, until the game's over and that's your game. So there's no there's not multiple sets. Um, thank you for asking questions that I actually know the answer to. I'm feeling very informed about this. Um, but job. go USA women, right? They're like it's cool to, that they're dominant in that. I did not know that until a couple of days ago. What states is water polo popular in? I think Ooh, I've heard of people question. playing it in the Northeast, but yeah. I don't know, you know what? if that's that very is. Chris to find that answer. No, that's right. I'm seeing it. Very popular in the Northeast. Yeah. Really? Who's the LeBron James of water polo? Hmm. I'm going to have to Google that mm. one. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, while he looks that up, the Olympic size swimming pool, it's one of the only like Olympic references that we have in everyday life, right? Yeah. I mean, I, like Olympic rings are, are, are used occasionally, but like everyday life, no. The Olympic size swimming pool might be the only one. I also don't believe that people have Olympic size swimming pools, right? Like you often see things where it's like, oh, this university, this whatever has an Olympic size swimming pool. And it's like, well, I watched the Olympics and it takes them like 20 seconds to get from one end to the other <laughs> while the camera's panning and I can't see one end of the pool to the other end of the pool, right? Yeah, particularly when like, when Ledecky runs the 1500 and she's lapping people and it's like, she's going by people that are coming back on the previous lap. I've seen what have been told to me are Olympic sized swimming pools. And I'm like, there's no way this pool is nowhere near the size of the pools that I see athletes compete in during the Olympics. I just don't believe it. So the I Olympic size of Miami has an Olympic sized pool is 50 meters. You know? I don't believe it. It is, but I've, I've been in that pool. It's 50 meters. Well, I believe that, but I don't believe that it's the same size pool that they use for the Olympics. Also, mm. what do they do with these venues after the Olympics, right? That's Where you have, like, the best question. 
these massive venues for swimming with like multiple Olympic sized pools, they have to go largely unused a a lot of the time, right? Acts of people are real. No, Tony. I was at a Braves game a few years ago and where the Atlanta Olympic, like there's just still like a bunch of things that just go unused. It honestly seems very wasteful. Yes. (laughs) That is why a lot of times they don't want citizens of certain countries and cities protest the Olympics coming there because there's a vast amount of resources put into building these stadiums that are not put into alleviating poverty or yeah. feeding people who are hungry, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah I mean, um, as the people Brazil of Montreal, is, Rio, yeah. all these cities. Brazil's a very famous example of that because one of the soccer stadiums they built in Brazil, you can Google this, in Manaus, is now, it's basically in the middle of the Amazon, and the Amazon has reclaimed it. And so they spent millions of dollars putting <laughs> really? this stadium in Manaus. Yeah, Google it. There's like wow. trees and stuff growing inside of it. Like it hasn't been kept <laughs> up at all. I remember the the US played a group stage game there. It was like yeah. there, and, and Jeremy Shapp was doing a report from the stadium with a giant insect like the size of his shoulder on his shoulder. Tremendous. Uh, by the way, to answer your question about where people play water polo, the US women's team that you reference, only two players in the team are not from California. So it seems like California is our is our hub of water polo. Wow. However, there is one player uh, who is a goalkeeper for the U.S. women's water polo team is from Miami. Her name is Ashley Johnson. All right, Chris, you good? I'm good. I'm good, Chris. You good? I'm good. Billy, you good? I'm good. Roy, you good? <laughs> Move on to the next goddamn thing, please. Wow. Roy, it's as if you don't want to be doing this. Yeah. Jessica. Wow. Wow. That's me. Wow. Well, I chose da, 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 beach volleyball because I love beach volleyball. I've decided. So <laughs> beach volleyball, it originated after the turn of the century. Uh, some think perhaps in Hawaii, but also made it, might have been in Santa Monica. Santa Monica is kind of like the beach volleyball hub of the United States. So beach volleyball obviously is a form of regular volleyball, which was invented around the same time as indoor basketball funnily enough. So the difference between beach volleyball and indoor volleyball is that beach volleyball has two people on each side. They play on a beach in the sand. I was going to guess that part. (laughs) And instead of playing a best of five, they play a best of three. And the court is a lot smaller. Not a lot smaller. It's a little bit smaller. And you can move freely about the court. So in indoor volleyball, if you're in the back row, you can't move into the front row and vice versa, I believe. But in beach volleyball, you and your partner can go anywhere. You can even go on the other team's side if it, you don't interfere with them to make sure that you can save the ball. So the U.S. is very good at beach volleyball. The women in particular, they've won six of the 12 gold medals since beach volleyball became an Olympic sport in 1996 at the Atlanta Olympics. And you guys may be familiar with Carrie Walsh Jennings and Misty mm-hmm. May Trainer. They're like the GOAT beach volleyball players. Matt this Trainer's year... wife, former Marlins backup catcher. Wow, that's <laughs> yes. a fun fact. Um, <laughs> they were beach volleyball GOATs. And this is the first year that Carrie Walsh Jennings is not in the Olympics in a really long time because she, did, she failed to qualify. And two U.S. women's teams are in the women's tournament. One is her former partner, April Ross, and the other, and her partner this time around is Alex Kleinman. They're the number two ranked team in the world right now. So they have a very good chance of winning gold. And um, the other team are 
two 24, one is 24 and one is 25, very young. Her, their names are Kelly Clays and Sarah Sponsel. So they're the ones that beat out Kerry Walsh Jennings's team in qualifiers. So they're the youngest beach volleyball team in US history. I'm watching actually right now on a TV screen, uh, men's beach volleyball. And I'm noticing that that they each player in the team has a one and the other one has a two. Mm. Do we know like how they decide which person's the one and which, which person's the two? No, I'm not sure. That's a very good question. There might not be a reason maybe, for it. Maybe the person that like starts serving is the one. I don't know. I used to be a, they a, do a, make, a I was a middle school volleyball player, so I know some of the lingo. They do make hand signals behind their backs. Sometimes you'll see the camera zoom in on their butts and the hand mm-hmm. signals will mean like which side you know, they're going, which side they're going. Yeah. And, and it's one of those sports where you really have to like be vocal with your teammate. And, mm-hmm. and the other thing about beach volleyball, that makes it a little bit harder than indoor volleyball is that in indoor volleyball, you can like dink the ball over the net. And I read that in beach volleyball, you can't do that. You can only spike it over the net or like hit it over the net. You can't just like tap it over because that would be too easy. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes it a little bit more difficult. So you see a lot of like the strategy is obviously to set it up so that you can make a big spike. A little bump set spike. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have a question. It seems Uh, counterintuitive that in indoor volleyball, where it's easier to move because you're not running through sand and the court is only slightly bigger why you'd have six players in indoor volleyball and two in beach volleyball. It doesn't seem like the beach volleyball players can cover nearly the real estate that the indoor volleyball players do. It seems like it would be the reverse, where you'd have six beach volleyball players per team and two indoor volleyball players per team. Why Why was there a reduction in the number of volleyball players when you're playing beach when there's so much more terrain to cover per person on a more difficult surface to run through? Well... At the beginning, the origins of beach volleyball, they did play six per side. And if you go down the street on South Beach, I saw on my way to work yesterday, there are people who play beach volleyball six to a side. Mm -hmm. But in Mm -hmm. Olympic beach volleyball, it's two per side. And part of the reason for that is that the court is smaller. So two people can cover the ground as, you know, just by themselves. I don't know if that answers your question. You know, once a year, Jess, there's a college beach volleyball tournament that happens at those courts. Wow. Yeah. Spring break, I believe. Wow. (laughs) Also, another question. Why are there some Olympic sports where you can play until you're 40 and there are other Olympic sports where you're a has-been at 22? Mm. I mean, I think that just has to do with, like, how physical a sport is and whether you can maintain your skills, right? But, like, I'm surprised that, like, Kerry Walsh Jennings and Phil Dahlhaus are still out here doing it in their 40s when you figure, like, like, beach volleyball seems to be a young man's game. I don't know. Oh, I mean, boy. I think it just depends. Like, it, I mean, not to state the obvious, it depends on the sport. Like, you have 40-year-old basketball players, 40-year-old soccer players this year. Um, I feel like there's only a couple sports, like maybe, I wouldn't even say swimming. There are some older swimmers sometimes, but like gymnastics, gymnastics is, is the yeah. main one where if you're, you're over you're like 22, yeah. <laughs> you're like an old lady. I can't think of that many more that are that extreme. Maybe we should have a senior division for the sports where you mm. kind of flame out Champions early League. on. Like no, golf. but like an Olympic for seniors. Golf, you can be old. Yeah. Isn't Simone Biles 24? Yes. yes. That's wild. Yeah. And, and she calls, like, she, she calls yeah. herself the grandma of the group. That's wild. And she's 24. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that swimming is one of the... Like, why would swimming be inherently something that only young people can do? Stamina, maybe? It's but extremely sw- physical, but so is beach volleyball, so I'm not really sure. It there's, might be just because of the pipeline of players in swimming is a lot bigger. Like, there's more people competing for fewer spots, so it favors most, yeah. younger most athletes. Of the, most of the swimmers that that crush though are in their like mid twenties. Like it's rare to see someone in their teens dominating swimming. Like like Phelps I think was like dominating the butterfly 
at an early age, but he wasn't like, you know, you know. In, 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 in researching exactly. my in, in, <laughs> in researching my my swimming bit, which I'll do in a in a second. Spoiler alert! I saw there is a woman who who won one of the swimming events at seventeen. So yeah. I mean, it is possible to to dominate at a young age. It is possible, but I think what is the age limit for the Olympics? Is it fourteen, sixteen? It's in the I don't, I don't it's know. in like the yeah. mid teens, but I'm yeah. not sure exactly because Simone Biles um, missed the cutoff by one month. For London, she would have been able to compete in London had she been like a month younger. But I can't remember what the exact age was. One more follow up: How do countries decide which sports they're going to be good at? Because it seems counterintuitive that Canada would have a dominant beach volleyball team. Why? There are beaches in Canada, you know. Yeah, but it's cold there a lot. You also only need to play on sand. It doesn't actually have to be on a beach. Like you, can you put sand could- anywhere. Live but in it, California, but compete for Canada in the Olympics. I know, but you figured like you know Portugal, Spain, uh, Brazil is Brazil good at beach is, volleyball. Is the best, you know. Yeah, but like you figure, best. like you know, beach or like Croatia, I think has a fairly significant beach culture. Like you figure it'd be like, like for example, you know, I was watching uh, the the 3x3, the basketball. And apparently, like, Mongolia decided to pick up 3x3 basketball. And it's like, hey, we're going to try and be good at this. And I've always kind of wondered, how do you choose? Because the U.S. clearly attempts to be good at everything, right? But other countries where they're just kind of selectively deciding, well, we'll be good at this, but we won't give it a go at that. Like, I wonder how that process goes. Why does our men's soccer team suck? Yeah. Well, because we are generations behind attempting to be good at it. And exactly. I think there's like lessons to be learned to apply that to all sports mm-hmm. in other countries. Popularity, I think, is a hard thing to gauge. Like something can be really popular in California, but someone in Ohio has never heard of it. But, but I mean, Same California is big enough it. and has an economy enough that, uh, you know, you can like it can if only California did it. Like if California had an Olympic team, actually, that'd be cool. If instead of like next Olympics, <laughs> instead of we compete as United States, each state sends their own team. I feel like California like finishing the top ten in the medal count. Isn't that what the U.S. championships would be? No, well, maybe I don't know. You don't but compete I, but, for your state, though. I feel like no, but I mean, you like if you were in college, you'd we should have for we should college. have a United States Olympics where it's just only the United States competing we do. amongst itself. It's called qualifying. I feel yeah. like the last yeah. thing no. this country needs is more <laughs> state pride. I know, but you're not like you said. You're not representing Stied. your state. You're trying to. <laughs> Can qualify for the U.S. team. Spin the wheel again. Hmm. Confused. Yeah, go, go ahead. <laughs> Beach go volleyball, ahead everyone. The playoffs have started in basketball and hockey, and there's really only one way that I can enjoy it. For me, drinking Miller Lite while the action is going on makes the game that much more exciting and that much more delicious. A lot has changed over the years, but one thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. So what do you look for in a light beer? Great taste or less filling? For me, it's great taste and less filling. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality, great taste, and only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. A light beer that tastes like beer. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right at your door, visit MillerLite.com crate, C-R-A-T-E. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Good job. Jess, where did it land? Landed on Billy. 
Wow. Wow. Okay. How oh exciting. my God. Guys, I want to talk to you about trampoline today. Ooh. And I'm oh. going to be 100% honest with you, and I'm going to kind of break the fourth wall, if you will. It's Thursday right now when we're recording this. You're not listening to this on Thursday. What? Yeah, I know, Jess. What? But the women's final is on Friday morning <gasps> at, at 1 a.m. So by the time this comes out, the women's final will have been completed. So who I can won? give you a preview. Well, that's the thing. I don't currently know who won because, again, for me, Chris, it's Thursday. Even oh, though yeah. you're listening, oh, to yeah. it's already been determined. Billy, you don't want to do a pickup in the middle of the night and say, well, it actually turned out that so-and-so won. You know, yeah, do that. Do that, Billy. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. But in the meantime, <laughs> we'll pretend as though I'm not going to do that. So I started right, looking okay. things up. And I know what you guys are thinking, trampoline, I can do that. I had a trampoline in my yard. I could be an Olympic trampolinist, right? Yep. Is that what you guys are thinking? Yeah. No. What was, what was everybody's go-to trick as a child on the trampoline? I, I like to do the one where I'm jumping with somebody and I want to send them extra high into Ooh, the air. So yeah. I want to time the jump that gets them extra high. I like to kind of be like flattened out in the air. Like I kind of, I'm fully horizontal and then you and kind of pop back up. So wow. you like, does your back hit the ground and then you pop up there? Sure, yeah. Wow, hmm. impressive. Jess? Sorry, I was texting back Kate Fagan. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> Roy, we're, we're recording. <laughs> I know, we're doing the I podcast. I just, I, we were having a good conversation. I didn't want to leave her hanging. I'm sorry. I don't do this often. It just was oh, no, one time. What, what, what did Kate have to say? I can't repeat that. I'm sorry. I bet Roy crushes. Cru I bet Roy crushed a trampoline in his youth. Hmm. I'm sorry, I was on Twitter. What happened? Oh, okay, we're doing this, this is going wrong. This is happening. You guys ever play popcorn on a trampoline? Is that no. where popcorn. you sit? Is that where you sit crisscross and then people jump? Yeah, someone gets like yeah. in a little ball, sometimes crisscross applesauce, sometimes you get like in a cannonball formation, and then you have like three or four people jumping around nice. you to see how high they can launch you up into the air. Ask Kate. Ask Kate if she's done it. <laughs> I will. When I was younger, we used to have sleepovers on trampolines, and we'd sleep outside mm. all really? night on the trampoline. Yeah. Hmm. Seems uncomfortable. Did Very you guys, dangerous also. Did you guys live scared, and you had, like, the wall on the side of your trampoline, or did you guys go, no wall? Net. No wall. Yeah. Of course. What do you mean, wall? Wall, well, like, or, wall some, or net? There are some trampolines that, I mean, it is a net wall. It's, like, yeah, uh, yeah, just yeah. to protect no. you from falling. Yeah. Like, I didn't like those. I like the trampolines where no. I can fall. I actually found those, in, in theory, to be more dangerous than a regular trampoline. Yeah. Just because I was getting higher than some of those net walls, right? Where I felt like I may have accidentally jumped outside of it and I couldn't kind of get back. Because I always thought in my head, even if I jump outside of it, I can mm -hmm. in the air swim back yep. to being on top <laughs> of the trampoline. I don't think you could and, do that, Billy. Well, in my head, I could. You got to believe net, in yourself. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Oh, trampolines are no. kind of dangerous, no. though, right? They They're are. They're a little scary. Yes, they, they are. I actually got a trampoline one year for my birthday. What I did is I saved up all of my money that I had gotten from, like, my birthday and, like, all kinds, like, communion or something, whatever, right? So I saved up all my money. I was like, you know what? I want to buy a trampoline. Like, this is what I want to get. So I bought a trampoline. I went and I looked and I found one that I wanted. I went and I got it. I put it in the yard, right? And then that trampoline died when I found out uh -huh. that... That trampoline died when I found out. That, Rest in peace. Yeah. yeah. Well, homeowner's insurance goes up if you have a trampoline. So after a certain amount of time, stupid wow. Google Earth took a picture of my parents' <laughs> house where the trampoline was, where they would not have seen it because it was in a yard with a fence that you couldn't see through a wooden fence. But Google Earth alerted the uh, the insurance company that there was a trampoline there. And they said, you know what? What? 
Cool, cool trampoline. Cool trampoline. I didn't realize that Google Earth did sting operations. Well, I, ridiculous. I would, I would assume that maybe the trampoline, or not the trampoline, the insurance company is the one that noticed it. But they had never gone into the house. They'd never got into the yard, but they were notified that there was a trampoline there and said, you know what? You can have this trampoline, but it's going to cost twice as much to insure your home. And my parents were like, Billy, we need to Please. have a talk about this trampoline. And at the time, I was already kind of getting older anyway, so I understood. I was like, you know what? Maybe we can get rid of this trampoline because it does have kind of rusted springs and it's lost its kind of protective covering and maybe it's tearing a little bit. Maybe they have a point. Maybe I yeah. shouldn't have this trampoline. Yeah. Did, I you did, guys, tr- did you guys ever have the sad single trampoline? At your oh house? yeah, I had one of those. Yeah, I don't Much know why. Safer. I don't know why I made it sad, but compared to the the backyard trampoline, it is. Sad. Those things are like exercise things yeah. now. Like there's this whole like exercise industry where you sit on the little tra- or not, you don't sit on it, but you do like I Balance. did it once. It was so hard. You yeah. like you like do a squat and you jump the whole time while you're like lifting. Oh my gosh, yeah. it is the hardest workout because you're literally just in a squat, jumping up and down the whole time, doing like curls and shit. Mm-hmm. I don't like those because they don't have much spring action. They don't. Right? They're very hard Correct. to bounce high on. That's why. Well, that's sad. why you have to yeah. you have to bend your knees like really deep to like get like a good like bounce. Mm-hmm. I'm have you guys right ever done? Have you guys ever done like a pogo oh stick? Have you ever jumped on a pogo <sighs> stick? I've always Fuck wanted. Pogo sticks, I've always wanted to be good at pogo sticks. Wow. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Why? Yeah. Jess, yeah. Because like that's the shit's pointless. People hmm. who get at pogo sticks, like, congrats on nothing. I don't care wow. about your pogo stick. What is wow? Did you Jeez. have like a bad experience with a pogo She's stick? She's not wrong. What did they I do just to think you? They're pointless. Yeah. Like, it's not a fun activity. There's so many things when you're have little you that people it? say is fun, and then it's just like, who? What? No, it's not yeah. fun. I, yeah, who, I've what? tried no. it. You were bad at it. I'm assuming with this animosity Probably. towards pogo I mean, sticks. Just like maybe my neighbor was good and I was bad. I mean, you're good for it. Jealous, <laughs> huh? A little jealousy there. I feel like a pogo stick. Even if you're good at it, you get like two or three jumps out of it, right? I mean, right. who's, who's, like, what's who's the going? Point of that? Yeah, who's going a long distance on a pogo stick? Pogo sticks are one of those things that it's more exhausting than just walking somewhere. Like yeah jogging or whatever right like skateboards for me was always one of those things where a lot of people were like oh let me get a skateboard and do this it's like i'm not gonna be tony hawk right so i'm gonna get a skateboard i'm gonna fall i'm gonna scrape my knee i'm gonna you know bang up my arm whatever i'm gonna have to wear a helmet i'm never gonna be good enough and it also was so much more exhausting to kind of like push the skateboard and try to do these tricks than just simply walking from point a to point b for me (laughs) So right. are pogo sticks in the Olympics? Like what's happened? Where'd we, how'd we end up here? No, we were just talking about springy things. You know? <laughs> I, I think, I think we transitioned from, tra- from trampoline to pogo ah. sticks. I'm also stuck on the notion that insurance companies just on Google earth <laughs> going through communities, checking in on houses. That seems like bullshit. Yeah. Insurance companies oh, hire shit. detectives to like hunt you down and make sure that they can't find like any specific thing that you're doing so that they can negate your claim. Like if you're hit by a car and you're like, hey, I injured my back. And then uh, like an insurance company can hire a detective and be like, we saw you walking your dog yesterday. So your back's not that injured. We're not going to pay out your claim. Like that's what they mm. do. Yeah. Maybe mm. I'm exaggerating slightly because this hasn't actually happened to me, but I've heard horror stories. Do you have cafecito? Yeah. A few, yeah. <laughs> what, horror, what horror stories have you heard, just out of curiosity? I feel like I, that's HIPAA. I can't. Oh, yeah. yeah it's HIPAA. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so trampoline, 32 athletes, 16 men, 16 women. Each will perform two routines in qualifying. The first has very specific requirements. And then the second one is voluntary. And then I guess they add up the scores from those two in the top eight move on. Now, because as we discussed, the women's championship has already been decided. In the men's side, the People's Republic of China are favored to win two medals, two medals for the People's Republic of China. And at first, because I'm bad at reading, I thought that there was different 
Olympic trampoline activities that they gave away medals for. But then I just realized, no, they have two athletes, so they're getting two medals because each one of them would get a medal mm-hmm. in the one competition. So that's what's going on. Now, right. the People's Republic of China is led by reigning world champion Gao Lei, uh, which I think that's how you pronounce his name, who won the bronze in 2016 at Rio, and then Dong Dong, who won a gold, a bronze, and a silver in the last three Olympics. All right, then. Yeah. So back to the, the, the way that the sport works, is the idea like you're doing tricks on a trampoline? Is, is, is that the idea, or is there... Some other, like you mentioned meeting requirement, like what are the requirements? To my understanding, yeah, the first one has specific requirements. And then the second one is more of a freestyle where I would imagine you could kind of get jiggy with it, as they say, and just kind of do whatever it is that you want to do. <laughs> I don't think they say that. Well, no, that's a technical term in trampolining. Oh, is it? It is. Wow. And points for getting jiggy with it? Yeah. Hmm. I score. What what uh, what event do you guys think you'd be best at? Trampolining, by the way, just on, I'm I'm, I'm a novice trampoliner, right? They appear to go, and I, I don't know that this is accurate, they appear to go 400 feet in the air at the Olympics, right? They go very, <laughs> very high. They're so, clearing the Statue of Liberty yeah, on the trampoline. Yeah. <laughs> I need to watch some highlights of this. Yeah, they go very high. Do you guys go to Sky Zone? No. Or an equivalent of Sky Zone? No. Mm-hmm. Yes, you don't know what Sky Zone is? No. Sky Zone's essentially a trampoline park. Where you can go and it's like an indoor trampoline, like a torn ACL. Oh, to I see. My my friends 100%. would like little kids go to those all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a, it's a dangerous game. It gives me anxiety anytime There's anyone like posts a, a video pit, at that right? place. There are foam pits. There are basketball hoops that Oof. you could kind of jump up to and dunk on. And then there Drum are city. rooms. There are rooms that are just trampolines. The entire floor is made up of trampolines for like 200 feet, and it's like obviously individual trampolines because a 200 foot long trampoline you wouldn't be able to bounce on. But there's a bunch of individual trampolines, like 200 feet long. And then the walls are angled with trampolines on the wall that you can bounce off of. But as Chris Cody was saying, torn ACL city. The adults are <laughs> always getting injured there. Like horrific injuries happen at trampoline parks. Yeah. It looks dangerous. I'm not going to lie. It's it looks fun. like my Achilles tendon would yeah. just explode. Mm-hmm. It's really exhausting, though. Yeah. Well, it's like the little like bouncy workout thing. Oh, uh, like, yeah. But they have really cool socks that you like get when you go. Horses dance. Wow, that was a good horse sound right there. <laughs> Thank or you. the horse's feet clapping, whatever. Yeah, then dressage over here. Yeah. She's good. Jess and I have been watching for ten minutes this uh, video of this horse dancing, and it's it's a roller coaster ride. At first, I was impressed. <laughs> now I'm starting to feel bad for the horse. There's not even anyone riding this horse. What? I was I was just watching Gao Lei's routine from Rio 2016 that won him his gold medal. Holy mm. hell. I love that we're all just on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> the horses, man. Where's this horse video? I don't see it. Oh, I, sorry. That was a private message to oh, Chris wow. Cody. Oh, private messages to Chris wow. Cody. Private messages to Kate Fagan. I mean, I mean, geez, me and her, we were into the together. horse. We were doing the dancing in unison thing. That's why we were... Wow, now I have a private message. Spin the wheel. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix.
Winningham. Really? Oh, wow. How about that? So I, on the show the other day, posited that I think that the other swimming strokes beyond the freestyle are bullshit. I don't understand why they exist. There's only one fast way to swim. Why are oh. we doing the other ways? Uh, I guess like the backstroke, I, I, was thinking about, I was thinking about it in these terms. If you were in a pool swimming, which swimming strokes would you use? It would be a front, or what they, I believe they call it the front stroke, and then the backstroke. So why, why would you, like you would never breaststroke. I guess if you're kind of paddling around, maybe you would. But if you're like, if you're trying to swim for speed, you would do either a front stroke if you're going forward or a back stroke if you're going back. The butterfly makes no sense to me whatsoever. This, can I just jump in? This is so Whittingham. We were supposed it to really like is. celebrate an Olympic sport here, and you're basically telling an Olympic sport why they're wrong. That's what you're doing right now. <laughs> yes, Peak essentially. <laughs> but here's what happened. Wow. I went through the history of swimming, and it turns out ah. the, the breaststroke came first. Nah, I don't know the, about that. No, the breaststroke came first. Here, here's, here's how we know. There are cave drawings from 10,000 years ago that show the first human swimming. And, they're, and it was basically a means of survival to get through water, and they were doing the breaststroke, right? So we begin with the breaststroke. There's, oh, a, there's, there's a bloke in the 1860s who swims ac across the English Channel to oh, get bloke. from England to France using the breaststroke. It took him 21 hours to travel the 34 kilometers between England and France. Then we go on from there. The first Olympics uh, features the breaststroke in 1908. Uh, then an enterprising fella decided, what if I did <laughs> the motions between the breaststroke over the water so that I had less resistance rather than going through the water, I went over the water and this guy was accused of all kinds of chicanery because he's <laughs> flying way faster than everyone else's because he's going over the water and then doing the breaststroke over and under and he's not meeting the resistance. Then other people started doing it, but then other people kept to the traditional breaststroke and then the butterfly gets introduced as its own event in 1958. So Wait, I thought you were saying the freestyle came. Like I was thinking you meant no, no, freestyle. No, no, no. So the, 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 what, what is the now water. known as what is now known as freestyle. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to pull it up here because I looked. I, I read this earlier. It's it's called something else. The actual technical term for the stroke is called something else. But uh, so we're we're only dealing with with uh, with breaststroke for the moment. Okay. So in the breaststroke, uh, by the way, the regular freestyle is called the front crawl. Ah, it turns out. So in in the in the breaststroke. Uh, the, the guy does the butterfly, so then the butterfly becomes his own thing, and it's only somewhere around this period that the front stroke gets discovered and becomes its own event. So actually, the, the front stroke slash freestyle was among the more later adapted versions of a swimming competition. So you couldn't have been actually, more wrong. I couldn't have been more wrong. <laughs> and it turns out that the, that the front stroke, uh, or the front crawl, excuse me, uh, was kind of the Johnny-come-lately of swimming, even though it has ended up becoming the fastest and most efficient way to swim. The breaststroke is the worst, right? We could just agree. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 it yeah, looks the most yeah, awkward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it doesn't it's seem efficient. It's for your elders. It's not something you do for speed, right? If you were trying to swim, if you're trying to survive or just kind of paddle along in a pool, you might do the breaststroke. But if you're actually like, I'm going to fly across the other end of the pool, the breaststroke is the least efficient way to travel, which is why I thought the, the idea of having it as a race seems stupid. Tell that to Lydia what? Jacoby, who mm -hmm. destroyed the breaststroke yeah, a couple nights ago. Yeah, 17-year-old flying across the pool. Yeah. 
What is the fastest race? Is it the freestyle? Like what method yeah, of swimming yes. is the quickest? Yeah, it is. It's like the sprint of of swimming. Okay. Yeah, you have you have the the, the the fifty meter. Which by the way, the the fifty meter freestyle is one of the best Olympic events, right? Like I bar like, none. I like the butterfly. I mean, Michael Phelps just like set a standard for that. But just the look of that—that's my favorite. Just aesthetically to watch, kicks up I like so the, much the water. Relays. The relays are so exciting. Yeah, relays, relays are awesome. relays oh are awesome. them cheering, them cheering on their teammates. Yes, yeah. so good. I, I also find fascinating that the pressing of the button at the end of this of of the swimming race is a legitimate part of the competition if you don't get it right or if you don't like if you don't have a technique i gotta punch this thing because you're, Wait, you're basically so so at the end of the race you have to hit the wall and that signals the end yeah. of your race there's got to be a technique in that and there might be shave seconds lost in there that might cause your race i'm kind of curious how that's taught like how 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 right. do people decide on their technique for punching the wall at the end of a race? Yeah, mm. it's always amazing how the people like the the analysts for the swimmer like they, he knows instantly if they got a good jump off. He's like, oh, not a good start. It's like, how do you know Rowdy that? Gains. They all yeah, just jumped Rowdy. in the water. They're usually Rowdy. former swimmers or something. And no, I know, I this. know that they're experts, but it's just like their ability to like see the stuff yes. is crazy. Last night with Caleb Dressel, well, two nights ago, I suppose, when he Chris, were you watching that where he yes. jumped off and Rowdy Gaines was like he. He gets so much power off yes. the back leg. Yes. No one has a start like Caleb Dressel. I was like, look at that back yeah. leg. Dude's so fast. I, love, I don't know what I'm talking about, though. I love the slow motion that they show of the get off of, of the start of a race where it's just like the slow motion yes. wiggle of them. Oh, so good. You guys really love the Olympics, huh? I've been watching every night. I'm really into it. Really? Mm -hmm. And every morning, too. I was watching yesterday. No, Wednesday. Tuesday morning, and Simone oh, Biles oh, backed out. I was watching that live, and then we like went to work and. Nothing is better for me than morning sport. I love morning sport. Just like I rather than, rather than putting something on TV in the morning and that's like people talking. If I can just put the USA Network on and like right now I'm, I have it on and there's table tennis. It's just great. It's just great just to look up while you're working and just see that some a sporting event is being played. I was watching archery the other day and after like five minutes of watching, I was like, I feel like this isn't that hard until I learned that the thing is yeah. like 70 yards away. <laughs> yeah. doing. Like I, it, the, the, way, oh. the way the camera angle looked, it looked like it was maybe like, you know, 30 yards, 20 yards. I'm like, this doesn't seem that difficult. But then I was like, they showed the long shot of it. I'm like, OK, this is insane. I'm watching BMX right now, huh? Ooh, this where's is that? thing that's happening. This is. Uh -huh. on, well, I'm watching uh, ping pong on USA. How is that a sport? And baseball is not there. Baseball uh, is there. Roy Eddie like, Alvarez was the uh, flag bearer. He's on the Marlins. Seems the like team that you, the team that I you're a big know. fan of that you complain when they don't send you stuff. <laughs> well, I didn't. Well, I didn't see the Olympic uh, ceremony, so I didn't see the opening ceremony. So also, the Todd know? father is on the Olympic baseball team this year. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, good for him. If, you know how we play the game of what sport could you do great in in the Olympics? I, like, if you want to play the opposite of that, what sport, like, looks like, oh, my God, I would be the worst at? It's ping pong. Like, good hmm. God, are these people good at ping pong? Table tennis? I would probably drown playing water polo. Yeah. 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 Nope. How many Olympic uh, events do you think you may uh, perish participating in? <laughs> how many? Perish. Are there, like, 26, yeah. 27? Yeah. I'd probably die doing like 25 of them. Yeah, yeah I, I could I, probably do golf without dying. Yeah. And soccer. That's about it. Yeah. Hmm. That's about it. I would hmm. die playing three on three. What? Come on. I think stop. we're talking. No one block me to death. Speed volleyball. Something would happen to you. Figuratively, right? Oh, figuratively I'd probably dying. like tear my entire ACL playing beach volleyball. 
Okay, if you attempted, if you attempted to live. run a marathon, if you had to That's go true. through the twenty-six point two miles, I would die running a marathon. There, there's a real, you know, there's so. a real Balling chance you can there. die. But like most of the sports, I mean, yeah, okay, if you attempted to do like gymnastic moves off a giant beam and you're t- doing twists in the air and you land yeah. on your neck, you can die. Twisties. Rhythmic gymnastics, though, which is basically like ribbon dancing, Dead. I think you're good. Unless you somehow tangle yourself up with the ribbon, I think you're good. Uh, it's more than just ribbons on there. Uh, you got the ball as well. I'm not then. seeing these people do anything on the horse when they, this horse is dancing. I feel like I could do this. You put me on top of the best horse in the game, and you say mm. go. You let the horse start doing his little ankle dance. No. Like, I, I feel think like you, I could do this. I think you would fall no. off the horse. You no. would I'm, just, fall. I'm saying if I had to compete, if right now, like in an hour, Horses I are to. dangerous. I have to compete with in something no, in the Olympics. Wait, hold on a second. With no experience on a horse? Well, I mean, I've been on a horse before, but yes, I no experience. Google Christopher Reeves. Short. I'm not, Reeves. but these things are just like, it's just go. You give a little, you, you, with your inner heel, you give a little kick to the horse, he goes, and then boom, he starts dancing. Reeves. Billy, no, why Reeves. did you do that to poor Chris? Like, I'm just, just uh, like, oh, like, ho- yes, Which people Chris? can die. Well, to you. Horses uh, are dangerous. Well, yeah, Chris horses are dangerous. But like horseback riding is different than horse dancing, is it not? Well, dancing. but he's. I think that he thinks he could do horse. Could you do horse jumping? No, listen, I'm not Billy. I know you always think I do the thing where I think I can do everything. I don't. I know I can't. You just compete. said you could participate I in the Olympics s- on something you've never done. I just said if I if the if we had a made up game where it's like you have to perform <laughs> in something in the Olympics in an hour, throw me on that horse that does the little. Ankle Why wouldn't dance. you just play golf or, or baseball? baseball. <laughs> because I literally think I would compete at a better, at a higher level, letting the horse do the work. My point is, is that these people aren't doing anything. The horse is doing it. In baseball, I would be terrible compared to Adam Frazier, the Todd father. Or Todd Chris, Frazier. Chris. <laughs> I, I, there used to be an Adam I, Frazier I, in baseball. I, I, I okay. <laughs> Chris, is, not, like, aren't, aren't people in the horse dancing, like, jockey-sized? <laughs> Like you are, you're distinctly not jockey sized. That's true. I don't think the horse dancers are jockey sized. I think Thank those are you. only the horse racers. Because Bruce Springsteen's daughter is. I'm uh, still watching this dressage. video from before, and now this thing's trotting around on this. This is an interesting video. Wait, so so Chris, so so Chris got a private video, and Billy got a private video, <laughs> but none of us got a private video. Yeah. Pretty up. My head hurts. Like you just made my head hurt, Cody. Roy, what have you brought to this? Okay. Wow. Jeez. I brought you dressage. I brought yeah. you uh, skeet shooting. That's why I brought you. Actually, Roy brought the topic that you were just talking about, which was the horse dancing. And, and yeah, also uh, allowed us to call Ron McGill. So I feel like he brought quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. so you can kiss my ass. Wow. An acrimonious end to this mystery trade. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Do we even like each other anymore, ne- guys? I feel <laughs> like this was a tense episode. Next week, group therapy? No. Chris, I think you could do badminton. See, you're so full of shit, Billy. If I would have said I could do badminton, you'd be like, no, you have. You, you're ridiculous. You have never played it before. He would get hit with the shuttlecock, so. <laughs> I can't talk. That's basically, like, what the rule is around here. So group therapy next week. No, I'm good. Thanks. Talk to you guys, to you guys then. The playoffs have started in basketball and hockey, and there's really only one way that I can enjoy it. For me, drinking Miller Lite while the action is going on makes the game that much more exciting and that much more delicious. A lot has changed over the years, but one thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. So what do you look for in a light beer? Great taste or less filling? For me, it's great taste and less filling. Miller Lite keeps it simple. 
Undebatable quality, great taste, and only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. A light beer that tastes like beer. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right at your door, visit MillerLite.com crate, C-R-A-T-E. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer.